Hi, welcome to Dear Hartwell. We are so happy that you have come back to listen again. And today, put on your seatbelts because who knows what kind of confessions you're going to hear. Mom and Aunt Anita, I don't know if you want to listen to this episode because who knows what Josh and Elijah and Caleb are going to tell us. <laughs> Tiffany, who's yep. here? Just just last night, Elijah told us, Mom, by the way, when I was a kid, I swallowed a lot of buttons and rocks. <laughs> so yes we have the three boy counterparts to the three um lovely angels of dear hartwell um (laughs) we've got caleb and joshua and elijah our brothers here say hello everybody all at once hello everybody all at once (laughs) (laughs) all right (laughs) well (laughs) Let's let's start with some introductions. Caleb, let's go in let's go in um age order. My name's Caleb. I was the first born Stuart grandchild, but I'm a Pipkin. <laughs> uh introductions, you can watch a whole episode where I was singly the guest on Dear Hartwell. This is my second appearance. Am I the first <laughs> guest with the second appearance? Yes, you yes, are. Yes, you are. Oh. And Come and just to clarify, you're the first born boy. Stuart grandchild that's what I'm saying yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> it makes sense if you don't think about it um, and whose brother are you I am Josh's brother and Emily's <laughs> well and Elijah's. I think Emily because the, I you know we do the Dear Hartwell podcast but okay <laughs> I'm used uh, to it but that's me but there's a whole episode uh dilute about more about myself so I'm gonna let the other two talk now of the pipkins (laughs) of the pipkins yes have the youngest Um, child of the pipkins and it's it's interesting because this was supposed to be elijah and i's episode and then all of a sudden caleb Mm -hmm. hijacked it so (laughs) i don't know what that says but they can't get enough of me josh and then elijah (laughs) well i'm elijah and i am tiffany and andrea's brother i always say sister (laughs) on accident but i'm their brother (laughs) (laughs) And today I found out that he has us listed on his phone as mom, mother number one, and mother number two. (laughs) Mother number two and mother number three. Because he gave somebody my phone number and that somebody texted me and said, hello, mother number three. (laughs) I love that. We also, I think in other episodes, have talked about how we have functioned as a sibling group as a whole, the six of us just because of our common experience shared in India. So it's just so fun to have us all together here again. So thank you guys for joining us. I wanted to ask you to share a little bit more about your lives and thank you for introducing yourselves. But what is what do you do now? What are your jobs? And we'll start with Caleb first. Um, but what does your look life look like currently? Uh, right now, I, am, I work part-time at a church and then I stay-at-home dad life. Uh, Elizabeth, my wife, she is a teacher, a middle school teacher. Um, but yeah, so I'm just involved at church um, and then stay home with with our daughter, Jaya. Um, and then we're going to have another daughter, Daisy, in July, which we just told the whole family here recently. Um, well, the family knew but the name and the gender we found out a week or so ago. So we're excited about that. Um, but that is my life right now. Um, my life is a little crazy right now. 
um june 10th me and my fiance are getting married and tiffany's trying to steal our thunder just like caleb did but we're not gonna let her steal our joy and our moment um so just for the record we were first by a long shot um second i'm a football coach and a teacher i teach special education right now um and there are some big life updates that are i'm in the middle of doing right now so um yeah a lot of change going on in my life um, like that, what um just some football stuff football coaching stuff going on you can so. both bring the thunder it's okay to have both thunders happening what bring the Tiffany? thunder yeah, I know. That's all right. I, well, he can be lightning and I'll be thunder because yeah, thunder comes true. after lightning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Someone's watched uh, Thor or something. All right, Elijah, how about cars. you? I thought that was cars. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Cars. There you go. <laughs> well, I have been living in Massachusetts for about a year now and I've been with my parents in their house, but I've been enjoying it. It's been a very good year. I currently work quality assurance or quality assurance, as Creed Barton might say, <laughs> um, in a machine shop. And we make a lot of parts for submarines and stuff. So it feels like a very fitting job for me since I'm very particular and want everything to be perfect. So it fits me well. Well, and you're also an avid sportsman, snowboarding <laughs> and so disc yes. golfing. Not quite a pro athlete, but I do try. Wow. <laughs> we play a lot of cornhole at work every day. And so you can add that to the list too. Well, I think we should jump to questions about why a lot of people are here is about Hartwell. And so my first question is to any of you, when you think of India, what is a standout memory for you? Go for it, Caleb. <laughs> the, the oldest still goes first still. Listen, I had a whole episode. Um I so I so Josh and Elijah I refrained I alluded to it I kind of set it up for the story should we should we go for that moment right now M or should we should I wait and just tell my own No you can go for the moment should we set it up for for Josh and Elijah for the for their story so I would tell my story but in my episode I kind of set up for Josh's and Elijah's story the story that everybody wants to hear. We want all the details. We want both perspectives. And that story is about the monkeys and the pits. Josh, you, you give that perspective and then I'll go later on. Okay. Well, Elijah, I'm going to default to you because I want to hear your version and then I'll tell what actually <laughs> happened. So, <laughs> Well, I have had a lot of experiences with monkeys so i'm not exactly sure what caleb <laughs> to be honest. a lot of experiences with pits and with <laughs> all right do you want me to tell what was going on then i would like you to tell because okay. apparently there's a specific is of... story before you get to that i will say and i probably should have brought this up a little bit before but joshua and elijah were we babes when they first were introduced to India and grew up from a young age there. And so they left. Elijah was there many more years past Joshua, but the time they spent together was eventful, adventurous to say the least. So now I will turn it back to Joshua. But I will say I was one year older and therefore El Capitan. Much wiser than I. Yes. 
Um, so I'll set it up. Okay. So me and Elijah are probably about five and four years old. And we have a gardener um, it, that would worry about us and tell us not to go on any adventures and, you know, try to try to keep us safe because we we're always getting in mischief. And me and Elijah had a very mischievous look on our face and we're carrying sticks, I'm sure, and throwing rocks and doing all kinds of bad stuff we're not supposed to. And we're headed towards the woods. And the gardener says, you need to stay out of the woods because there's monkeys in there and you just need to stay away from those monkeys. They're mean. So me and Elijah being so wise and um, two little boys decide we're going to go in anyways. Um, and so on our way in, we see the little path and there's the path and it's probably about 20, 30 yards. It feels like whenever you're five years old. And then there's the trash pit and the trash pit is probably about five, 10 feet across, probably 10 feet across. And there's three trees. There's one on each side and one straight across from us. Um, and there's three monkeys on each of those trees. There's one on here, one on here, and the one across from us. And the pink monkey is straight across from us. So me and Elijah see those mean looking monkeys and decide we're going to poke them with a stick. And so we get the biggest stick we can find. And we're both holding on to the end of it because it's so big. It takes the both of us. And we decide we're going to poke the little monkeys first. So we poke them. And they're growling at us and they're they're hissing and all kinds of stuff. And because you poked them. Yeah, besides the point. And we're poking them. And so we decide to go after the big guy. And we're poking him. And he, he kind of hisses at us and stuff. And we poke him again. He hisses some more. And we poke him a third time. And all of a sudden, he jumps and leaps over the 10-foot pit. <laughs> and my eyes got about the size of baseballs and I turn around to start running away out of the forest and Elijah is already outside the forest like running away it left me to, <laughs> alone with this monkey and so I start running out after him and hands I feel the hands of the monkey scrape <laughs> against my foot as I'm running out of the forest <laughs> and I will never forget that moment that time Elijah left me <laughs> <laughs> You are not the wisest one at first. <laughs> Elijah, what are your views on this story? Do you remember it now? I remember it slightly. I remember dealing with monkeys in that pit. And I remember them gnarling their teeth at me. That was something they would do quite often. One thing I, I didn't realize is whenever... So we, we left when I was probably six. And then we came back when I was 12 and I didn't, I didn't realize my lack of fear. When I was six years old, I was not scared of monkeys at all. Like zero fear. When I went back and saw how mean they were, I was like, how did I not fear monkeys more whenever I was that little? Cause I just, I had no fear about monkeys at all. And they were mean. Vicious. Yeah. I, I've heard you tell that story before, but um, every time I hear you tell it, it gets more and more exaggerated. Like, how do you know your eyes became the size of baseball? I remember, Tiffany. <laughs> <laughs> My five-year-old brain. Out-of-body out experience. Yeah. We also had a uh, giant uh, swimming pool, we called it, which was just a giant mud pit probably filled with all kinds of creatures. it was next to, to the trash pit, pit. <laughs> it was <laughs> elijah what are your memories of growing up with joshua well i feel like we have to expand on the trash pit we would not burn much plastic because we didn't have much plastic plastic was sort of banned in our town which was interesting 
Thank you for Remember? keeping this environmentally friendly. <laughs> yes, we had plastic or we had paper bags and we'd only burn paper. You're welcome, environment. So we were burning friendly things like onions. Do you want to tell yeah. another story? Why don't you start with the, uh, there's so many, you could start with the bathtub. I can think of like- Or the, the mud on the walls, yeah. Or one of my favorite that has to do with Andrew. I'll save that one, but you go ahead. You tell one that you really enjoy. Well, Josh and I would mess around quite a bit and just find random things to do. And we had this giant metal bathtub. It was a portable bathtub, which we also don't usually have in America. I don't remember ever actually bathing in that bathtub. Did you, did any of y'all ever? I bathed. I have a picture. Yeah. I bathed in the bathtub. (laughs) Metal bathtub. I think it eventually turned into a giant pot for our tomatoes, but it was empty this day and Josh and I decided we wanted to play pirate ship or some some sort of a ship at least. And so we decided that the best position to place this ship was on the edge of a cliff right next to our house. And so we placed the ship on the edge of the cliff and proceeded to rock in the waves. And lo and behold... The ship went over the edge and our faces were covered in dirt and we were very distraught. And my mother was very fearful of what <laughs> happened to us. How high, would, how high of a cliff was I mean, it? Realistically, it's probably only like four feet. No, it, it <laughs> yes, felt like yes. 10 feet. No. <laughs> <laughs> There's was... set of plants growing from that cliff. Poinsettia plants are very large there. They're like trees. (laughs) (laughs) What is a first, like, when you think about India and do you recall any first memories of experiencing India? I I don't really, like, I just remember just, like, being there, like, just, like, existing. Like, my earliest memory that I can remember is probably, like, uh, just running around with Elijah, going down the the steep road right by our house, the giant dirt road on our tricycles, and then watching Elijah just flip end over end, yard sale, lose everything, and then have a mouthful of rocks and dirt by the time <laughs> it was over. Those are some of the best memories. <laughs> I remember we both had that tricycle, and we would share it and ride around with trash cans on our head as helmets, which... <laughs> was sort of counterproductive because we would end up crashing into a lot more things because we couldn't see anything. (laughs) Um, But I guess it worked. And then you eventually got a bike, which I was very jealous of. Um, We had two tricycles. We didn't have two tricycles. We had one purple tricycle that we shared. And that horn, let me tell you, that horn on the tricycle, it played a song and that thing kept playing for about eight years after you left. I don't know why they don't make batteries like that anymore. I remember when Josh got his bike and like everything that Josh wanted Elijah to do, like go get me a drink, go get me this or that. It was, <laughs> I may give you my bike. I may give you my bike. 
<laughs> he never did, but he was always, he knew Elijah wanted that bike. And if, if you do this for me, you know, like I, I might give you my bike, <laughs> but for he never a while, did. I could actually ride your bike because he had training wheels. <laughs> yeah. And one day you did the most <laughs> evil thing. You took them off. <laughs> and do you remember, do you remember how I learned how to ride the bike without training wheels, Elijah? I do not. So there was a little bit of a hill right next to my dad's office and then my dad's office brick wall. And so what I would do is I'd go down the hill and then crash into the brick wall <laughs> to practice staying up. And so I'd just run into the brick wall. You did not I, want me riding your bike. I did not. <laughs> <laughs> also, funny story is um, I'd always take Elijah's toys. And one of the memories I have is Elijah had a brand new plane that he got. He was very proud of this plane. I made it. He made the plane. I didn't realize that. And so I decided, being El Capitan, I was going to take the plane. It was now mine. So I go over there. I just take the plane, pirate it. And Elijah was not happy. In fact, he was so not happy that he proceeded to bite me on the buttocks. <laughs> and then mom and then, made him give his point. <laughs> And then I cried. I bawled. I was really hamming it up. I had a bite mark on my butt from Elijah biting me. And so I go back over to my house and I'm crying. And I'm like, oh, he bit me. He bit me. And so I'm laid up like the godfather. And I have like my rings on and my chest hair out. And I'm sitting there. And Elijah comes in and he has his plane that he has to now give me. <laughs> because he bit me and i take the plane did i ever give the plane back or is that still mine no i think you lost it and i never never got it back that sounds about right <laughs> and as you can see he's full of remorse elijah for this incident happening clearly see caleb what about for you what are some of your first memories of india for those uh, of you if you have not checked out the episode with caleb there's much yeah. more but go ahead and answer yeah, um, I, I shared a little bit more in that episode, so maybe, uh, you know, Cody is kind of where Elijah and Josh grew up and a lot, everything, you know, this podcast based around of our stories and people experience kind of, kind of all kind of goes back to Cody. And um, I'd even talked about how, uh, just how special it is, um, the just in itself that we grew up um, there. Um, and so, you know, we had, you know, being able for all of us, um, you know, for the six of us to be, you know, growing up in this amazing, crazy experience of just growing up where every day we could go out and just imagine any world we wanted to be a part of. Josh was saying that we had forests, we had these trees, we had this amazing property that we got to be on with other missionaries we i'm sure we've talked about just just everything that just hartwell living there all the adventures we would have um you know every day and so that what was what was cool about you know watching josh and elijah grow up together um because um they got to do these crazy adventures um that a lot of kids don't will never have the opportunity to have and all these special memories that each one of us has is just, is just really cool. What makes Cody kind of special uh, to me 
is and and I'm sure you guys have just mentioned it is just it it's just there's everybody everybody comes to Cody because there's an international school um there's all people from all sorts of life's perspectives and so we we got to understand of uh, a lot about the world and how people live in other parts of it just because of how an international setting uh that we lived in you know we had friends from Canada and then you had friends from Japan you know, I mean, you just had all these spectrums going on. And so you had and you got to hear their adventures from where they lived. Like, you know, we talk about the princesses that we knew from <laughs> Tibet. Right. So like they went to our school. And we talk about that a lot. Um, But I just wanted to set like this is just how Cody is just such a special place. We lived in the mountains there. There's different types of plant life, trees, hills, amazing just amazing things uh, that you can live and be a part of. Uh, but just being around people, it's just it's just a different world. We got to use our imagination and be a part of different worlds, whatever we wanted to create. We, we would play together and create those uh, experiences. One thing I loved that nobody does right that was amazing that we did so well while we were growing up and even when we did it at Cody's school, we knew how to play the game of capture the flag. Capture the flag. <laughs> there will never be another game like the Hartwell compound capture the flag. Yeah. I mean, and, and what's funny is, so we, we all, a lot, you know, a lot of us went to Cody international school and like capture the flag. Like it was like a monthly event. Like we would have it there, but then we'd also do it on the compound. Like it was, it was like you mark your calendars to play this game. And so we we've tried to like recreate it here and like it just it just never feels the same. Um, but anyways, on, on our compound, uh, we had great spots to hide it. We have great stories from when we played uh, we had. And so sometimes when we were lucky enough, we would be able to um, get some of the adults to play the game with us. So that's was like, mm -hmm. you know, when it was really special, we're like, we want the adults on our teams and stuff like that. So we'd be playing tug of war to make, uh, so we had, um, a missionary, uh, couple, uh, play with us one night and it, and it's extremely dark. And we would, these flags would be anywhere on the compound. We had like a couple of rules, but like, like we, we would spend like an hour and a half to like, yeah, an hour and a half to two hours just looking for flags. And we had our own jail set up for those who were tagged. I mean, we, it was all out. Like we would be crawling around, um, staying still while people were shouting and looking for it. Um, and like Josh said, there was a lot of, we call them cliffs. What's a better word than cliff? Cause it's not a drop cliff. Off. It was a, a, it was a, it's a drop off drop or a off. tear off. Yeah, terrace. So we had some of the adults that would go all out and fall off these terraces. And well, the one that I think you're alluding to was I would call it a cliff. The one yeah. you keep talking, but the one you're talking I think you're talking about, that was a cliff she fell off of. Yeah, I mean I mean some of these terraces drop offs. I mean, they do go to ten feet, I mean, you know. <laughs> ten to twelve feet. <laughs> like felt like four. So so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, you know, so it was just, it's capture the flag was just, 
a crazy experience. I always think I'm like, how was I so okay to be injured that much? Capture the flag was well, intense in general. Yes, I loved Capture the Flag, but we also played a lot of sardines. And I realized that not many people play sardines, or it seems like not many people do. And that was very fun, just like trying to get an entire group of people to hide in one little location over five, seven acres of land in the dark. Those, those were some good times. I enjoyed sardines. <laughs> and with Capture the Flag with Auntie Becky, she was pregnant. And with the rules of Capture the Flag... Um, you know, obviously you have to capture the flag, um, but then there's people chasing you. And so we, I don't remember who was chasing her. Was it another missionary? Um, or maybe it was her husband. Anyway, they were chasing her and she fell off the cliff while she My was dad. pregnant. Was it your dad? Yeah. Uncle Dave was um, chasing her. So thank God the baby was fine. Everyone was fine. And we continued to play capture the flag. Oh, speaking of missionaries, Caleb, uh, do you want to tell the story that involves Elijah almost murdering somebody? <laughs> According to you, um, yeah. Uh, so I, we may have even, like I said, we may have alluded to. Uh, we grew up with there was a giant, really huge rope swing on the compound. Like it had like a landing pad and everything. Think like bigger, huh? Think bigger. Think You're bigger, not thinking exactly. big enough. Yeah, like it like it was not mediocre. Like this it, it was off of a cliff. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of cliffs. Yeah, a lot of cliffs involved, but it, it, it was a giant rope swing and it had a wooden round seat that like you would like jump onto and launch yourself. Um we hours upon hours of this rope swing uh just yeah, just lots of memories to just all of us and, and trying to do different tricks, trying to show people how hard we could throw the rope, uh, bringing the rope back to people, how far out we could launch people. Like we've seen the ro rope like snap while people were, were on it. And then uh, Uncle Ron, a missionary, Ron Sellers, he finally bought us an indestructible rope that we tied up there uh, that he brought. And so... Um, yeah, just, we throw it, you could hang on the bottom, you could do all sorts of things. Um, I think we got six people or something on there at once. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, um, so, so the, the rope swing is constantly moving back and forth. I mean, so you kind of have to be aware of where it's going because you can launch it. Like you can throw it from one side and it can take an entire circle and come back to the landing pad. So like while you're around the area, like you kind of want to keep your heads up to where this, the swing is at. I would like uh, to emphasize that the seat on this rope swing is a giant, a giant block of wood. I think you already said it, but I'd like to reemphasize that. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah. Uh, so Anytime we'd have ministry teams or any any of the pastors, uh, Indian pastors or families, anybody that come to the compound, we would be on this gigantic rope swing. Um, and so we had a one missionary couple come in and visit us. At that time, the Daniels, 
uh, Uncle Mark and Aunt Kathy Daniels. They were living on the compound with us. And so when we ever do, uh, we kind of rotate where everybody meet. But that night, everybody was meeting at Aunt Kathy's cottage down the hill. Um, I preface that it was it was down the hill. So it was a, it was a, a little ways from from the rope swing where uh, everybody was gathering. And I don't so, know. I could run it probably in about five or six seconds. It felt like. Well, okay. <laughs> no. Me and me and you have different views on running, though. <laughs> uh, so anyway, so everybody is is gathered at uh, Aunt Kathy's house, and they're eating dinner, finishing up. Um, so Elijah, Josh, and I. And one of the lady missionaries who was visiting at that time, Josh, Elijah, and I, um, and her, and she was there as well. And so we're all on the rope swing, um, just having fun, um, and uh, just just showing her like what to do and everything. And um, and so Elijah is being awesome. He's like, if we lose side of the rope swing, he's he's tossing it back to make sure people's catching it or or and everything. And so I I I know that she had turned away, and so she was looking behind her, and then she turned around. So Elijah is in the process of returning the rope swing back to her while she is looking away. And so Josh and her are standing up at the pad. And I think I may have been like near Elijah, like looking up at where this rope swing was going. And Elijah sends it, like throws it back so that she can catch it and use it again. So she's turned around, but then when she turns back around and faces it she gets whacked in the head and drops mm. i mean just drops and she is like still she is not moving and so i run <laughs> up and i'm freaking out i don't know what to do and we're saying are you okay are you okay and she didn't say a word and said i said josh elijah you stay here i'm gonna go grab somebody <laughs> So Josh and Elijah are standing there. I take off. I'm I'm sprinting. I'm like, she wasn't something's like dangerously wrong. And so I, you know, it was like within a few seconds. I didn't probably even give her a chance to respond. I I thought we had like really because I mean it cracked her. I mean I I can still remember my head where it just <laughs> bam and it, it smacked her right in the forehead and she dropped. I mean it scared all of us. And so I go sprinting down the hill. And so I get to Aunt Kathy's porch and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm chunky. So I'm out of breath at this point <laughs> and I, I can't get out that I need help. And I'm going hill rope swing hurt. It's like what I'm getting out. I can't get it out. And so then finally I'm able, she got hit in the head at the rope swing. So let me go check on her. So a couple of the darts start running up up the hill to the to the rope swing. Like I'm I'm selling it. Like I like I'm just like this is really bad. This is this is just really this is she is hurt tremendously. Um so the adults are running and, and trying to take care of the situation. And so meanwhile, back if we go back to the ground, she's on the ground. Elijah and Josh are there 
watching her, making sure they're checking on her. And at this point, they are like four and five. They are my EMTs up there. Um, and then Josh, Josh, uh, so the person who was laying on the ground um, adds this part of the story. So she's she she can hear what they're talking about. And so she just she she said what was really funny while she was laying on the ground, Josh and Elijah were talking and Josh looks at Elijah and he said, well, Elijah, you went and did it. You killed her. (laughs) (laughs) And so we finally get it. Thankfully, Elijah didn't kill her. She uh, she may have had a concussion, but that's the best part of the story. It's like, you did it, Elijah. You killed her. Killed her. (laughs) And so I don't know. I I know Elijah, did you, Elijah Josh, have anything to add? No, I don't really remember. I, I do remember the day, though. I remember like that day and seeing her and, I remember hearing the crack, and that was it. I don't remember telling Elijah he killed her, although I believe it. I could get a pretty good whip on that thing, just throwing it back up. Oh, yeah. She's not the only person who got hurt on that. I think <laughs> I think her name Many. is Carolina, another missionary. Missionary Caroline. kid, Caroline. Her dog the only re- Car- Yes. <laughs> the only reason I remember her name is because her dog was named Carolina. I definitely <laughs> broke my tailbone on it. Yeah, yeah, I fell I fell off of it onto my back and I remember thinking, oh my word, I broke my back. I don't ever yeah. remember falling off of it. I know what Caroline, happened with Caroline? Caroline fell from like the peak of the swing. Mm-hmm. She was like 16 feet high at least. <laughs> it's crazy. I don't know how she didn't get more injured than she did. But... As far as I know, nobody has ever died on Hartwell Compound. <laughs> as far as you know (laughs) spoiler alert (laughs) this isn't a murder mystery podcast we're turning it into (laughs) but there were so many things like you could get into i just can't believe like like whenever me and elijah were three four five six and we just run crazy free for all that was so i guess unique but it was i don't know it felt like this safe environment that we could do all these things and have all these adventures but i just never remember being fearful about anything like me and elijah i would just say all right we're gonna do this elijah and then i would say i'm gonna do it first because i'm older you know you sit back and watch me and then we would just do whatever we wanted whatever we thought was a great idea that's what we were doing it was awesome i think we probably didn't do it much when you were there because we were a bit too young but bison would come on our property all the time and um when I eventually got old enough, I would chase those bison. That was crazy dangerous because those bison and and Cody, they're like seven feet tall at the shoulder, just pure muscle because all they do is run up and down like cliffs, cliffs, cliffs. Um, (laughs) So there are cows that can jump over six foot walls and that I don't think I'm exaggerating. (laughs) Then you hadn't heard of the the Pundi, uh, so Cody International School had a campsite called Pundi, and and every campfire we would tell stories, and so one of the most horrific stories was how a missionary or somebody got gored by a bison and died. Like this was our horror campfire story. <laughs> so you there did not guy, hear that one. <laughs> there was a guy when I was in elementary school. We called him Bison Bob. 
is a guy from America, and he got gored. Yes. Long did he die? Short, he got gored. No. No. He got gored in the correct place, and he did not die. Oh, yeah. He had some extra skin, let's say, and since he was American, he survived. <laughs> oh my! Oh my! We used to see a lot of beautiful bison there on the golf course. Elijah, do you remember spending time out there on the golf course and Cody? I do. We would go there for a lot of picnics and stuff. And there were pools of water that we would jump into. And they were freezing cold. So cold. And so we would swim for like five seconds and then get back out. A lot of tadpoles that we'd try to catch and stuff. And a lot of bison there too. And those I didn't really chase around as much. We usually just tried to run away from them. A lot of monkeys that would come and steal your food if you're having a picnic. Someone just reminded me that there were leeches in the chat. Um, those were not fun. They would suck your blood and they're pretty terrifying as a child. All right. We make Cody sound like we grew Magical. up with like the Neanderthals. <laughs> oh, I was thinking it was like more like Narnia. We were just surrounded by animals. Yeah, like, we were in Narnia. Like I enjoyed it. Speaking These of the golf beasts. course, my mom was, you know, I don't know if Uncle Dave can say this, but so there's a hole on Cody Golf Course that goes over the road. I believe it's a par three, goes over the road. And she was one of the only people to make a hole in one on that hole i want to say she was like the first person to make a hole in one on that hole or something crazy i don't know about the first person but she definitely did it first one she was the, moon, at least. the first person in human history to hit a hole in one <laughs> but it Nobody was over the died. road i was over it, the road. As josh is josh is now an avid golfer so that was a pretty cool story huh it, now it is back yeah. then i didn't really care <laughs> she also said golf goals. oh yeah she also said she could uh, do the hurdles back in high school, but I'm not so sure about that. I did too. So, you know, I was supposed to. I was supposed to. And then I, I was like, my leg really hurts today. Um, and so it was actually on field day. And I was like, my leg hurts. So I'm not going to do the hurdles. <laughs> I made Jacob with everyone on, I just we just did a whole post about this and had some interest or had other people telling us. But what team were you on? Were we all on the blue team? Blue. Blue. They tried blue. to keep all families like because generations would go to Cody International School. And so they tried to keep like generations on the same team for the most part. So like the entire Stuart generations were on the blue team. Yep. And Pipkin. Yeah, and Pipkin. I remember cleaning up at those things. In <laughs> his modesty, he won every race. No, I do. I do remember that in kindergarten. Being, I I do remember being so nervous because that was like our first like I don't know organized group activity, group athletic event, and I just remember we would. I don't remember what I was running. It might have been like you know one lap. I don't even think it was meters or they measured it, but it was just like a foot race, one lap. And I remember running it barefoot in the grass. And I just remember like my feet hitting, like just like flopping on the ground, running as hard as I could, wanting to win for the blue team. Because you guys built it up so much, seeing you guys on the blue team build it up. No, uh, no. Josh thought he was the fastest runner in history growing up. And I love to tell people now that he, that God gave him a girl that can run faster than him and better than him just to give him a little bit of humility. 
That is true. Ashley. <laughs> Ashley. I, Ashley. I was pretty fast as a young child. <laughs> when you said yeah. clean up, I thought you meant literally clean up because eventually they started awarding points for when you cleaned up trash. So they'd give you one point for every piece of trash that you picked up. Nice. And I have to admit, I would go to a pile of trash and grab <laughs> trash from the pile and bring it to them. <laughs> I have a piece of trash. <laughs> I probably got like 500 points for Blue Team and then they eventually announced over the mic, we are not doing this anymore. <laughs> One year and done because of me. What is something that you miss about India or what do you miss most about India? I really loved all of it. Um, food is my favorite. I had a lot of good friends there. Just had a lot of great times as we've been talking about. Um, yes, that's a very loaded question. Hmm. It was all very enjoyable. I miss, I miss kind of like the the freedom and the I don't know, just the adventures. You never knew what each day was going to bring. Um, me and Elijah moved away and haven't really got to hang out as much anymore. So I miss that part. Miss all the times we got in trouble, and Elijah would get spanked for the both of us. <laughs> I miss, yeah, I I miss like Josh said. I mean, what we had as a as a family was very special. Um, just being able to grow up with with each other, um, and live life together is just was a an amazing thing. And so you just really you miss people. Um, just miss miss people. And then just I think as time goes on, you can just really pray and like thank God. Like I come here and just living here in the states that nobody nobody even like comes close to how we're how we were raised and so and, and so that's what makes it so special and that's why you know to me y'all started dear hartwell is we're just trying to give you a glimpse um to try our very best to explain like uh the perspective of our faith but then our perspective of just how special this this place that we grew up in and the closest thing we can think of is if, if, if you read, you know, the lion, the witch and the wardrobe, I mean, it just, it just felt like a different world. I mean, that's part of my life was just, it was just a, just a different time and magical time that, um, that we have. And I know like for Ange and I, and as, as every, you know, as y'all get kids, you know, I just, I want them to have similar experiences. And so it's important to me to just try to in the best way I can to give them some sort of experience like that. And the beautiful thing about God's creation and how we all grew up is that we all have different stories and we all have different parts of our stories that mean so much to each of us. And so the fact that dear Hartwell continues to remain so special in our hearts is just a sentiment to God's faithfulness, his provision, and um, just our parents really holding true to making their family a priority in ministry, um, as well as God and sharing God with us in our lives. So that brings me to my next question. What was it like growing up as a missionary kid? You want to kick it off, Josh? Yeah, I didn't ever like, 
obviously, you know, it's kind of like all, all you ever know. So I didn't ever really feel um, like a missionary kid. Um, I don't know. I knew I was an MK, um, but it's like, it's like I was so young and it was all I ever really knew. Um, I will say, um, you know, parents, you know, being now that mom and dad and we've kind of talked about it, they were gone, you know, more than I think you realize. And, um, you know, Caleb named his first child after um, one of our, our caretakers that took care of us. And um, you just you miss you realize how much you miss Queenie and Jaya, all of those people that you know took care of us and uh, did all, all those things for us. So. I I was walking into TJ Maxx today as as I often do um and I saw a car with this flag hanging out the window that was like a a yellow triangle and a blue triangle and I looked and I and then I looked again because it looks just like the TCK like the MK flag no (laughs) and I was like I don't know it must be some sports team I don't know what it is but I just like I, oh, it's Ukraine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Oh, people don't judge me. I saw the MK flag, though. <laughs> and I, oh, my goodness, it's Ukraine. <laughs> so, oh, I can't continue with the story now. <laughs> no, I walked into TJ Maxx, and in my mind... <laughs> I was singing the MK song, if you look at me and you wonder what you see. I was singing it in my mind because I saw that. But yes, you're right. Ukraine. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) What was it like for you, Elijah, growing up as a missionary kid? It was interesting. I guess I sort of knew that I was a missionary kid and my life probably looked a lot different than a lot of kids. And I always appreciated that I... I think I've always sort of enjoyed my life as a good childhood. And um, every like year or two or whatever, we would have like missionary retreats or whatever. And we would get together with other missionary kids who lived similar lives. And that was always interesting because you got to see how similar you were to a few other kids. Yet and... not similar at all to them. I think you're, I mean, I, I totally get where you're coming from, Elijah. That's how I feel whenever I'm around MKs. You just know and understand that you've both lived similar lifestyle and only you guys can really understand that together. And even if you grew up in different parts of the world, uh, it's just nice to know that you have other people out there. And so, yeah, I totally agree with you. You sort of feel like a misfit wherever you live. Mm-hmm. You're, you're a standout wherever, like in india you're a standout visually and then when you come back to america you look like an american but you do not act like one when you first moved back so Mm -hmm. it's always interesting what um how has it affected your worldview growing up in another country and elijah you're kind of um talking about that now um but has it affected you as a human being um of how you kind of view the world I think living in India, kids are really taught to respect their elders a lot more than they are here in America. I think it helped me a lot when I came to America because I was able to like respect my teachers and I went from being an average kid in class in India to being like the top of my class just straight away when I moved to America. And I think that's partly due to the culture in India. A big part of that is due to the culture in India. 
of respecting your elders. And so I think that's probably one of the biggest things that influenced me. How about you, Josh? One of the biggest things that influenced me? Mm-hmm. Um, from India? Hmm. Well, we left when I was about six. Um, but I think some some things that definitely influenced me is growing up around you guys um and i don't know just everything we did um just felt like we were going all the time and me and elijah were taking risks all the time whether we realized it or not we were just like we would think of a good idea and it would be risky and we'd go for it and so i just feel like as an adult now like there are things that other people might not necessarily go for that are risks or they would consider risks and just kind of go for it. And I think I've kind of carried that. And I think in part that's due to Elijah just following me wherever I would go and go, yeah, that's a good idea. We should do that. <laughs> and then we do it. So I, I think that was part of it. I also think um, growing up with other kids, like there's so many other kids that I went to kindergarten with and preschool with um, that I have funny stories about and sharing our, our religion and, um, you know, talking about Jesus and they would talk about Ganesh and then we would kind of argue like they were action figures and like they were <laughs> WWE characters like Jesus is going to beat up Ganesh with like a headlock or like the people's elbow. And so just just doing things like that. And my best friend, one of my best friends, Elijah was my best friend, but my school best friend, um, his he was a little boy from Japan, and I would trade my cookies. I think they were biscuits, just like the tea biscuits. Mom would pack in my lunch, and he would give me seaweed, and I'd eat the seaweed, and I'd trade him every single day for that because I loved the seaweed so much. Nasty. I know. <laughs> You'd give up your cookies for seaweed? I would. I loved it. It was so good. Okay. I had a Thai friend. He would give me dried squid. That thing was the best. It was like better than bacon. <laughs> Hard to believe. Man, dried squid. It's it shaped the perspective of who I am um, today, um, because I often choose it as a reference point um, to what I'm doing today. So when I here living in the States and even, even the way culture is changing in the world, how much politics and media is so much played into our world uh, nowadays. I think what was great about me growing up in India and growing up seeing, seeing such amazing spiritual leaders and, and learning from them and them praying for us, uh, it helps giving me a filter to just always remember people from all over the world are people and that, that they are governments. There is media, there is everything else that constantly try to cause that division and try to cause that friction. And I think what's helped me is to realize that each person or in each country around the world, that there is a Christ follower that is deeply in love with Jesus that are living in those countries that is living in Russia right now that are living in Ukraine right, right now, just praying daily minute by minute, asking God to intervene in this situation. 
And so that's what's helped me living in that environment to remember that there are people, there are Christ followers, there are brothers and sisters all over the world that are hurting and suffering. And so viewing the world in that lens has helped me navigate this world of Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, where it's so easy to just jump on the bandwagon of just hating something just to hate it, whatever that may be. Growing up in India um, is is definitely what I uh, reflect my worldview on. I think that this is a very unique group of people that we have just because, well, we're unique, but <laughs> we're family, but we've got like three um, MKs here. So uh, is there, <laughs> what's, what's the face, Elijah? Six. <laughs> okay, let me start that again. <laughs> I was like, I don't know if she's using her hands to count. <laughs> I'm, I'm... <laughs> Take off your socks next time, Tiffy, use your toes. <laughs> there are six MKs here. Um, which is very unique. And if there's any MKs listening to this or perhaps going on the field or any, um, maybe there's uh, adults listening to this who are taking MKs on the field. Is there any advice uh, we would give to them taking their MKs or MKs going to the field? Well, I think um, you guys won't have as much as much fun as us. So don't even try. Um, I'm just kidding. No, it's, <laughs> I would, so I think it's so much different now, uh, being an MK or going in the missions field than it is whenever we went. Cause like it, it was a big deal to get to call your grandparents back then. Um, and like it cost money. And so you only got to do it every so often. Um, anytime someone went away, it was like putting in your order. You'd be like, I want X, Y, and Z. I want Pop-Tarts. I want, um, I remember Caleb getting goalie gloves whenever dad went back to America. It was a big deal. Um, and so I think, I think they should appreciate all the, all the things that they have, but just realize, you know, it's not, it's not going to be as easy as, you know, living or comfortable as living in the United States, but it still, um, is so beautiful. And, and in the challenge, it brings so many good things. Yeah, I agree because, I think a lot of adults, when they bring their kids over, are so worried about their kids. Medical care isn't always as good in other countries and stuff. But overall, I would never trade my childhood because I, I enjoyed my childhood so much. Um, so I think missionary kids, oh, in my life, I enjoyed my childhood. So there's a good chance that giving up your gaming console to go live out in nature it's gonna be pretty fun <laughs> yeah i actually Ananita was on the podcast last season and she said something um that stuck with me she said when you take your kids out there make it an adventure like don't act like it's like i mean yes it is a big sacrifice it is a huge sacrifice to leave family and go out of your comfort zone but for kids it's an adventure make it fun find new things for them um and also i was thinking it's crazy we lived in a world like like josh said we wouldn't call family back in america very often because it was expensive but mk's now like they could just FaceTime anybody at any moment if they have Wi-Fi for free <laughs> and they could get peanut butter in India now. Like it's crazy. So it's a different world out there, but um, just making an adventure is what I would say. 
Anything and for else? teenagers going over, which none of us can really fully experience or fully understand because none of us were really teenagers. Um, but if you are older going over, I think just make sure you keep up with your support system back in the States, but then be open to finding new friendships because you may never know what God has in store for you and how he's going to use that time in your life to grow you and prepare you for your next moment for adulthood. Um, because I do think going overseas when you're 13, 14, 15 years old, when everything that you've ever known is America would be very difficult or would be hard at, at in its moments. Um, so yeah, so I just think for those MKs who are experiencing that as teenagers to take advantage of it as much as they can. Um, but if it is really hard, if there are hard moments, don't be afraid to talk to those in your life that you do trust. I would, and I just thought of, sorry, I just thought of one more thing that like um, a core thing that I take from my time in India is that, you know, whenever you're in India, you always feel like you're, you're the only white kid. Sometimes you don't understand um, the, the things that other kids are saying and being a teacher, I have so many experiences where I have kids that only speak Spanish or Ukrainian refugees um, in my class. And and I can relate to them so much better because they can't understand anything that's going on around them. And I can use Google Translate and just be like, I know what you're going through right now um, and kind of just be a friend to them. You know, whenever I felt the same way, you know, um, I think we were we were all kind of had those experiences where you just kind of. You didn't feel left out, but you didn't know what was going on. And you felt confused. So, Well, thank you for sharing with us. And I think we're um, going to move to our scripture of the month. So Caleb, if you would share that with us. Yeah, the scripture of the um, the month is actually three. Um, it's Matthew 11. Um, we're going to start in verse 28. And it says, then Jesus said, come to me, all who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I'm humble and gentle and at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. The gospel life, the Christ-like life, isn't a life that isn't a life that you uh, our promise that you won't struggle anymore. Um, it's the, quite the opposite. And so um, the gospel is about Jesus being somebody who will give you rest uh, from all your worries, your anxieties, depressions, your daily sufferings, your tribulations, is that you can always find your rest in him. Well, thank you for sharing that. I really appreciate you taking time to put that together and Thank you, Joshua, Caleb, and Elijah for being with us today. And just Thanks one for note. Us finally. Yeah. <laughs> finally. <laughs> um, something just to add to as we end this podcast, for all those who have ever visited Dear Hartwell, we're putting out a call to you to please send us a short letter or a long letter, whatever you want. Um, but of your favorite memory of Dear Hartwell of Hartwell Compound, um, and we would love to read it out on air. So you can send that through our, our Facebook, Instagram, or you can email us at dearhartwell at gmail.com. We'd love to read your memories. And so my dear brothers, thank you for joining us at Dear Hartwell. And do you know what we always said when people were leaving? Wave at the gate. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Partly. <laughs> Don't forget to wave at the gate. Oh, sorry, don't forget. <laughs> close, close enough. Bye now. Bye. Bye. Goodbye. <laughs>